Hello, and welcome to episode 262 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. We are constantly facing problems and road bumps and unexpected issues when we are managing work. And how we bring folks together to tackle these challenges can lead to vibrant discussions or lots of friction. Today, we are diving into the art of creative problem solving and decision making. But first, a warm welcome to IK, Nathan W., Joe C., and Russell S. to the Modern Manager community. Did you know that members get extended interviews with each of my guests via our private podcast feed? Yep, you get an extra 10 minutes of their wisdom for only $5 a month. Plus, you don't have to hear me talk about the membership with messages like this one. So support the show, get extra insights, and skip these membership promotions when you head over to themodernmanager.com slash join and become a member for just $5 per month. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Today's guest is Dr. Sam Adeyemi. Sam is a leadership coach, global speaker, and strategic leadership expert who is focused on shifting people's mindsets so they can see possibilities and become those possibilities. He is also the author of Dear Leader, Your Flagship Guide to Successful Leadership. Sam and I talk about creative problem solving and decision making. He shares what he believes are the special ingredients to bringing a group together to creatively tackle challenges and make strong decisions. Now here's the conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sam. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. And the topic is one that I think is an important part of teamwork that we just don't talk about enough. And that is creative problem solving and creative decision making. So thank you so much for uh, coming on. I'm looking forward to our discussion. Well, it's a great pleasure to be with you today, Mami. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Absolutely. All right. So as managers and leaders, there's the need, like where a lot of what we're doing is trying to work with our people to make decisions, to solve problems, to move work forward. And it can feel very messy sometimes. It doesn't always feel like the kind of thing that we can have a good system or process for. And also we know that we need good systems and processes to bring us together to make good decisions and to deal with problems. So how is it that you think about this, the overall experience of creative problem solving and kind of bringing people together to tackle something when there's a lot of ideas flying around and a lot of challenges and a lot of factors to consider? Thank you so much. So the point is that basic leadership principles undergird creative problem solving for a team. So the starting point is what each person brings to the table, the value of each person on the team, the quality of the relationship within the team, how motivated the the team is to achieve the team's goals. So when you lead a team, you've got to start from there. You've got to provide good leadership for the team. The team's got to know why the team even exists. Why does your organization exist? Why does your business exist? Because people find it very difficult to be motivated to do work that is not meaningful, okay? So I had this this interesting story, just just a story of someone who was employed to pound a log of wood, 
Okay, it was a test, right? The log of wood was not going to be used for anything. So they gave him something just to hit that log of wood from morning to evening. And he was going to be paid a lot of money. And then halfway, when it was lunchtime, the person that gave the work came back and the guy had disappeared. As much as the money was attractive to him, the guy pounding just got frustrated because the log of wood was not going to be used for anything. So a leader has got to have a vision. It's got to be that you're going to make the world better, you know, provide that for the team. And then each person on the team has got to be valued. I say one of my biggest discoveries, right, as a manager and a leader is the fact that everyone can lead. For a long time, I was part of those that believed that a few people are born to lead. Everybody else is born to follow, right? And if you found me in a group when I was very young and you asked someone to volunteer to lead, I would be the last person (laughs) because I am introverted and I was extremely reserved and extremely shy. And what changed everything for me was a book, uh, Christian Leadership by Donald S. Altman. Uh, This was some 30 years ago. It was given to me by an older man. He said, there's something in you. You read this book. I think it will help you. The author asserted that everyone has leadership potential. He said all those theories by Socrates and Plato and Aristotle, few people are born to lead, everybody else is born to follow. He said, you've got to ditch those ideas right now. Everybody has the potential. Then he listed the qualities of a leader and said, you look through those qualities, you have some of them. Whoever you are reading this book, you have some of them already. The ones you don't have, you can cultivate. And that was me, right? I accepted the challenge, began to cultivate my leadership skills. And my world just changed. So I say to every leader of a team, you've got to believe in the people on the team. You've got to believe in their potential. If you've got to help them find in themselves what they don't even know was there. I run tests. I take my people on test. I t- tell them, go online, go on 16personalities.com, the MBTI test, and so on. The strength test, I want them to discover what is in them that even they did not know what was there. And then everything else we do from there on in terms of solving problems is leveraging on each person's talent to solve problems collectively. Oh my gosh, you just said so many amazing things. So I, I want to start with this concept that we don't know what our vision is if we don't know where we're headed, what problems we're trying to solve in the big macro picture, it becomes very hard to make decisions on the micro level. So we need to be able to pot any kind of decision, any kind of problem solving in that larger scope. And I think we often forget that and are focused so much on the urgency and the emergency in front of us that we forget to align it to what's the bigger picture here? How are these different options or factors aligned with where we're headed or counter to where we're headed? We just are in the moment. So that's the first piece I want to really lift up. And then the second is that we're not even starting by looking at the, the ideas on the table or the issues on the table. We're looking at who's in the room, who are the people on our team and what value they're bringing and what perspective they're bringing and what strengths they're bringing and how is this combination of people, how are we embracing them in a way that we can get to those creative ideas, that we can get to the best thinking because we believe that each person here is contributing something and together we're going to be stronger. So just, I mean, just very different, I think, than how we often approach problems, which is 
not worrying about the people so much and way more worrying about the issue at hand. And I love this kind of shift to think big picture first and people first, and then now let's take a look at the problem. Right. All right. So we got we got our big picture. We have our people. We believe that they have strengths and potential. What do we do next when mm-hmm. we're facing a challenge or a problem and we need to figure out some creative solutions? Right. So the next thing is brainstorming, right? So we want to harness ideas, right? Because that's where the solution is, ideas. So we have different ways of approaching that. I recommend in my book, Their Leader, Your Flagship Guide to Successful Leadership, I recommend mind mapping, right? Where you, you get the board, you draw a circle, you put the problem in there, and then you break the different parts and put them in circles that are connected to the main one. And then you get people to generate as much ideas as possible on each issue. I have always enjoyed running brainstorming sessions with my teams. I lay the ground rules. There are no bad ideas here. Okay. So you're not going to run down somebody else's idea because the idea that you think is stupid is the one that knocked off the fantastic idea in your head. So we need both the good and the bad ideas, so to speak. And then, of course, we write everything down and then eventually group all the solutions. And then we can look back at our overall vision, our mission, our core values, and then decide what solution best aligns with those. See, because you can get creative and fantastic ideas that take you completely off tangent Mm -hmm. from your overall purpose, right? So that's why I continue to emphasize that purpose and vision. Uh, At the end of the day, they decide which ideas we will best be able to work with. But I strongly recommend brainstorming sessions. I I also love brainstorming sessions and I love mind mapping. It's such a fun visual creative tool. So I want to talk about it a little bit more because I think, well, one, I'm curious if you believe that mind mapping if it has to be done kind of collectively or if people can independently go in and add their ideas. Because I think with the hybrid world, this has come up for a lot of teams of, well, we don't need to be together when we brainstorm. We can all just go in and then we just have our meeting where we talk about the ideas. So do you find that there's any special magic that comes from doing the brainstorming itself in real time with other people? Well, I think there is. I think there's something about the dynamic of being in the same room, but I would say it will depend on the situation, to depend on the scenario. When you're dealing with a completely new idea, I think it's good for people to go think about it and then to bring their ideas to the room and then we take it from there. Mm. That also saves a lot of time. I learned something years back that the average mind takes about 72 hours to become comfortable with a new idea, right? So I, I, I ran a meeting once where I went with a brand new idea. I was the only one that knew about it. Nobody on my team had heard about it. And the idea was roundly rejected, right? Mm. <laughs> And I knew what I was talking about because I actually traveled to another country. I saw it working and I brought this idea that I thought would be helpful and everybody just trashed it because they did not understand it. So with that, 
I don't come with a totally brand new idea to a meeting. I would run them by people first before we get to the meeting. However, I would say there's something about discussing real time where just as you're speaking, it's knocking off something in somebody else's mind. Again, if it's an organization where you have various departments, the ideas need to integrate because sometimes you're getting a fantastic idea that will solve a problem for a particular department, but it is creating new problems for another department. <laughs> <laughs> so right there, it can be addressed, right? Somebody can say, mm, well, if we go that way, and that's a fantastic idea. If we went that way, this would be the implication <laughs> for the finance department or for HR. Well, this is what I have to suggest. This is how I think we can go about that. So the ideas can be integrated. So yes, there's something for individual mind mapping, but eventually we still have to come to the collective one. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. As you were speaking, it was making me think about some of the brainstorming meetings I've been in. And one, I remember specifically sitting and thinking, I have absolutely no ideas. They gave us like four prompts. They had the sticky notes up on the wall. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like looking around. Everyone else is like scribbling on their sticky notes. One idea there. We're going to go up and put them on the board as we like talk about them. And I'm like, I'm going to be so embarrassed. I'm going to be the one person who has no ideas. And so I was like, okay, just take a couple deep breaths. And then the facilitator had us say an idea before we put it on the wall. And as soon as other people started saying their ideas, I was like, ooh, light bulbs, light bulbs. And suddenly I started writing ideas. And right. I needed that, right? So coming from like the the group, the energy that can happen, that we right. can spark ideas and going back to there's no such thing as a bad idea because your quote bad idea might spark my brilliant idea or vice versa, right? So right. <laughs> that I, I see by having the kind of collective brainstorming process can can do something more and giving people time to really think so that when they come in, they're not put on the spot, right? I'm thinking, oh, wow, maybe if I'd had a couple of days to process before walking into that brainstorm session, I may have come up with ideas on my own. But because I felt put on the spot on a topic I wasn't super in deep knowledge with, it was a, it was really challenging. So giving people time to think so that when they come in, that, that can, I think also can spark more creative ideas. And then right. last thing, or I guess two more things you said that I want to push on. One is that the the idea of making decisions at the same time as you're discussing them sounds like maybe we shouldn't be doing that. Then maybe we should have spaces for really creative brainstorming, looking at Mm -hmm. ideas, thinking about ideas, talking about ideas, but that we're not actually going to narrow in on which ideas we're going to move forward with until we've had Mm -hmm. time to process. Because if we need time to assimilate those thoughts, we need time to think about the implications. We need the time to get comfortable with something that might seem really risky or scary or new, but -hmm. a few days later can start to feel like, oh, I can see how that might happen. We need to Mm -hmm. give ourselves that space. Right. Sure. And and then lastly, the let's not decide until we've taken some of these best ideas and explored them with others because we can't have everybody in the room all the time. Yeah. So right. who needs to be there in the beginning? And then when we have those kind of final final ideas we want to work with, then mm-hmm. who do we need to vet them with? Who do we need to see yeah. what our blind spots are and what what other implications they might have that we don't 
we're not aware of. So it's almost like we need to socialize them again before Mm -hmm. we even come to our final decision. And then that kind of overall makes sure we have the right people looking at these ideas, the right space for creativity and the right space for decision making. Fantastic. That is brilliant. I absolutely agree with that. It's your ideas. (laughs) Thank you. You know, sometimes uh, intuition also plays a very big role, Mm. a very big role. So, yes, you're throwing the ideas around. Your rational mind is functioning at its best capacity. But if you just took a little time to just brood over everything, then the intuition could kick in. And you you may not have a logical explanation for it, but you just have that strong gut feeling, something is wrong with this thing. And eventually, like you said, if you ask the right people, you might eventually track exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Intuition is so important. When things just don't quite feel right, you got to listen to that. And when things just feel right for who knows what reason, sometimes you Mm got to explore that too. Yeah. I'm wondering if you have any stories or examples, either of decisions in your own company or with clients that you've worked with, who've kind of gone through this process and landed somewhere that maybe they didn't expect. They they kind of found themselves into a decision that felt right, but maybe didn't feel right in the beginning or wasn't even on their radar in the beginning. Well, I think what just jumps at me is the fact that we made a decision once and actually it was done and dusted. And I went home and then just brooding over it overnight. Mm. The next morning I woke up and it was just something else that came to me, right? It was like, no, that's not the way to go. So I went back to the team and said, you know, we were to have a conference, right? And the next morning I just I just sensed something was going to go wrong mm. with the conference. And I went back to the team and said, guys, this has never happened to me before. But this strong thought came to me that there's going to be a problem with this thing. So I think we should just step it down. This event, let's just step it down. So eventually something happened around the conference that showed that we could have been part of a big, big thing that happened on the media negatively. So it was another leader in another organization that got caught in it. But that would have been the perfect scenario, the perfect storm (laughs) that we would have run run into if we had gone ahead with events. So my team, having been together for many years, I've also come to trust on that intuitive part. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, it also brings up another dimension in terms of people having different talents in a team. Mm -hmm. So there's a test that I make my team members to run online. I think it's the Belbin test. It defines team roles or team personalities. It says, yeah, you have your normal personality, but when you find yourself in a team, there's a particular a particular personality that you display and they have different names for them. There's the person that they call the plant. Those are the people that supply the creative ideas. I fall into that category. Now, there's the person they call the finisher. When you've done everything, they're the ones that have the eye for details, mm. you know, that put the icing on the cake. So my wife happens to fall into that finisher state. So we've had scenarios where we had fantastic brainstorming sessions and everything was looking good. And she spoke up last. 
And she asked just one question and everything came tumbling down. Ah. Right? <laughs> At first, this was very, very uncomfortable. It was like whenever she was going to talk, you'll be scared because she was the one that would spot what was going to go wrong with the idea. But eventually we found out that was our lifesaver. Mm. And she doesn't do anything special. It's just the way her mind works. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I can only imagine how stressful that would be the first couple of times where you're like, we're so close to the finish line. And now we have to start over because, oh, and why couldn't you speak up sooner so we wouldn't have gotten so far? But it's only in those last moments where it really crystallizes. And to look at those kinds of comments as being a saving grace and not the person who's just out to make everything so much harder and just screw it all up for everyone and always the downer. But to to be able to look at that and say, yeah, it doesn't matter how far into a discussion or a decision we are. If something isn't right, if there's a watch out we're missing, if there's something we haven't explored that is essential and critical to this being successful, raise it. Doesn't matter if we are a fraction of a second from the finish line. We Mm -hmm. need to make sure that those comments, those questions get heard, because otherwise we're going to go forward with something that is not going to serve us and ultimately be way worse than having to just revisit new ideas. Absolutely. That's so, I love that. So I want to, I want to bring up another model you have in your book around using a decision matrix, because this is a tool that I love and it kind of goes the complete opposite of intuition in the sense that it is really a very like logical, rational way to look at decisions. So can you talk about this decision matrix tool for a second and tell us what it is? Right. So we call them the reframing matrix, where you draw the chart, create a four quadrants, and then you want to look at the situation from different perspectives. Right. So we have what we call the four P's. Right. So you look at the scenario and the first thing you want to do is look at the people affected by this decision. What do they think? What's in it for them? Because at the end of the day, if you're going to motivate anybody, it's the benefits that you sell. Right. So who is going to be affected by this? It's amazing, honestly, how it shifts our perspectives. Mm-hmm. when we consider who is going to be affected by this decision. Sometimes the people making the decision are not even going to be affected by the decision, right? Oh, yeah. So if they're not in the room, it's either you get them in the room or you make sure the data you're working with is coming from them. And, and, and this happens a lot with people in management, that it's actually maybe the front desk officer or the sales people that are making direct contact with our customers. They are the ones sometimes that are directly affected by a decision we're making at the top. So we need to be conscious of that. The people next is the product. Is this product presently meeting a need? What need or what needs are the product meeting? Okay. Hmm. And this is interesting. As as an entrepreneur and a creative person, I come up with ideas all the time for products and services. But 
they're not going to sell if nobody needs them, right? (laughs) Or identify who needs them and make sure that I go present what I'm selling to the people that need them. So it's important to meet, to examine the product itself and to ask if it really meets the needs of our customer. So that's another quadrant altogether where we generate answers, right? And then we have planning. How are we going to go about this? What's our target? Okay, what's our goal? Can we break it down? Can we calculate from where we are? So what's going to take us from where we are to where we're going? So we populate this the quadrant with all of these answers. Do we need to improve? Do we need to change anything? Can we identify what's been working for us? Can we identify what's not working? Where are the opportunities? Where are the threats? Okay, that's the planning dimension. What's the budget? How much is it going to cost? How much time will it take? How many people will it take to do it? And then the fourth quadrant, the fourth P is for potential. Mm. Now, this is this makes us strategic, right? So what is it that we can multiply? What can we scale here? What will give us scalability? What can we literally multiply here? This is so powerful and important, especially for, should I say, small businesses or when we're just creating products, experimenting with products and services. We've got to test the data. We've got to iterate and see what people like, what they don't like, how they like it, how they want it packaged or presented and so on, because we can then take that and multiply it. So how do we boost ourselves? Okay, How do we multiply going forward? So we put all those ideas there in that quadrant. And then at the end of the day, we can look all through and pick the ideas that will best solve the problem that we have right now and make progress. Yeah, I love this as as part of the creative brainstorming process to be looking at the situation from these different lenses because you'll get different ideas as you're thinking through different lenses. And I'm guessing there might be some ideas that you see popping up in multiple quadrants and that those might be the ideas that you want to prioritize for further exploration because they're they're solving people's problems. They're providing a product or service that's needed. They have great potential and you are able to actually execute on them. And you're like, oh, this is kind of the, I don't know what the word is. It's not trifecta because it's four things, but whatever the word for the trifecta of four, that (laughs) those ideas might be the ones that you want to start with your further exploration, but not to totally dismiss the others, but to look mm-hmm. for that those synergies that can happen. So Fantastic. we yeah. are unfortunately out of time. So <laughs> Sam, can you tell us about a great manager that you worked for and what made this person such a fantastic boss? Okay. Interestingly, it was my pastor, my former pastor. I, I worked at the church for some years and it's amazing. I look back and I'm amazed at his faith in me as a young person because I was in my early 20s and he dumped some massive assignments on me, okay? And he made me more proactive because I tend to spend a lot of time thinking and planning. And I remember the day we had a meeting and just right after the meeting, it was a management meeting, just right after the meeting, we were chatting around the room. I came across him. And he said, okay, so how far, how far with it? I said, with what? He said, with what we discussed at the meeting. I said, but we discussed at the meeting. (laughs) 
But we just ended the meeting. He said, exactly. Well, the moment we end the meeting, the action has to start. That means we've started execution. I said, oh my God, okay, thank you. It's it's on. I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> I'll never forget it. He, he shifted my mindset that day. But I think the biggest thing was the fact that he believed in me. Mm-hmm. Was the fact that he delegated huge assignments to me that it was sink or swim. Mm. And I'm glad I swam, right? And, and I discovered in myself things I didn't know was there. His name is Reverend George Adegwe. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like an incredible human. Amazing. Absolutely. And where can people learn more about you, keep up with your work, and get a copy of your book? All right. So samadeyemi.com, S-A-M-A-D-E-Y-E-M-I.com. That's my website. And everything I do is practically there. My book, Dear Leader, Your Flagship Guide to Successful Leadership, is available on Amazon. And if you want an easier website to go, successpower.tv, successpower.tv, and my courses are there. I'll also recommend my social media. Yeah, my social media handles on Instagram. The T H E and my name, Sam Adeyemi. That's my handle. And on Twitter, it's at Sam underscore and my last name, A D E Y E M I. Right there in my bio, I have a link tree. And on my link tree, you'll find links to practically everything that I do. Invite me for speaking, the book, my courses, everything. Thank you, Mami. Fabulous. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed this conversation. So thanks for uh, coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Sam is offering a 30-day free trial to his Reset program for leaders. This program will unlock personal transformation secrets, wealth-building strategies, and techniques for accelerating your career with daily leadership videos. You'll learn how to cultivate relationships, build systems that work, and become a confident and engaging public speaker. This free 30-day trial is available to patron-level members of the Modern Manager community. Also, all members get that extended interview I mentioned through our private podcast feed in which Sam and I talk about the idea of extreme ownership so that once decisions are made, the implementation is effective. To learn more and become a member, go to themodernmanager.com slash join. All the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rockstar boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.